With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Acast recommends podcasts we love. Changemakers is a new podcast series with me, Claire McKenna, talking to people who stand up, speak out or challenge us to think a little differently. It's about the greater good, families and children, respecting their own individuality. In the next couple of years, like I hope I never have to have conversations about racism ever again. Like, I just want to get to the stage where, you know, people are just people. Nobody's pooling the resources together and actually being able to show how much of an impact it will make when people do come together. Changemakers with Claire McKenna. Search for it now wherever you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to right now. So do we, Russ. It's the end of season party here at Blood and Mud Towers. I am Lee, and joining me over there is. Uh, I wonder how much like royalties the Russ Abbott estate gets off like PRS for atmosphere. You know, off this pod, oh, nothing. But yeah, well, yeah, but like in general, yeah, they must anyway, do all right, must uh, they? Did he write yeah, it? I, I doubt it. I doubt it. Let's find out. Uh, Who are you? While that, I, I, I am Russ Abbott's personal biographer. Uh, <laughs> I am Russ Abbott's music agent, and I demand to know yeah. if you're paying royalties. <laughs> I on demand this. my royalties. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm Josh. Still, obviously, you all know this. Uh, yes, this is the Blood and Mud podcast, the pod that listens to the weekend rugby from the next room and mostly struggles to understand what's being said, but it doesn't try and stop us interpreting it anyway. I am Lee, as I've already said. If you want to get in touch with me, I'm at Blood and Mud, or I'm Lee at bloodandmud.com. How do people get in touch with you, Josh? Uh, at Josh Gardner, at Rugby Shirt Watch, and of course, uh, RussAbbott.com. <laughs> Give Russ Abbott his money.com. Um, <laughs> we we've done the contacts. We're available on ACAST, we're available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Castbox, 
anywhere you can find a podcast, put Luddermore Podcast in. But the fact you're listening mm-hmm. suggests that you already know that. But tell your friends, obviously. We are also on patreon.com slash blood and mud for those of you who want to give us a little bit of extra support and get a bit of extra stuff. I'd like to thank this week the latest entrant into the Aled Brew VIP executive area and close, Hello. close personal friend of both me and you and the pod as a whole. And he's upped his offer from the $2 a month. He's upped it to the $5. It's Mr. Alex oh. Reese jones who we've met as well. Hello, Alex. Indeed. I did Welcome say thank to you the... to him. And he said, yeah, well, I said thank you to him. And he said, well, it's the least I can do because you're giving me loads of ideas for a 90s party that I'm having. (laughs) So all of the stuff we keep mentioning about the 90s, he's obviously bundled it all up into a big party. But I will just say this, Alex, I noticed that in your response, there was no invite. So, you know. Yeah, I mean, a little bit offended, not going to lie. But, you know. But but we still consider you to be a friend, so don't worry. Yeah. What have you got Uh, to say? I've got terrible news. I'm looking on allmusic.com and I can't find anything about the credits for Ross Abbott's Atmosphere. So, Seriously, what about Wikipedia? That must have something. No, fuck all. There's no, there's no individual entry for Atmosphere, which again... It's like people are trying Wikipedia to forget. It's pointless. People are trying to forget his existence. <laughs> We're not on this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Never. We will always, always hold Ross. I mean, he is dead, isn't he? No, he's not. No, is he not dead? No, 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 not dead. I seen... I assumed I just assumed not dead and no stories about being a toucher. So obviously he's he's, he's obviously say, all right. He's he? avoided, avoided you tree, which I mean, fair play to him. He's avoided you tree and us too. Hey, come hey. on! Uh, right then. So what have you been up to this weekend, Josh? Anything you know, uh, fun and interesting? Not a great deal to be honest. My usual sort of thing is that oh, Ross Abbott's got an awful Hitler moustache these days. That's unfortunate for him. It's a weird choice. Anyway. It's weird, isn't it? He doesn't. He's totally bald now, but he's got a horrible little porn stash. Oh dear. Anyway, uh, yeah. No, I just did DIY and shit as usual. How's your living room nice. coming on? Is it sorted? This is perfect now. Flawless, stunning. I know people I mean, have been concerned. I've not, I've not got any beams. I've got a fireplace. I've got, oh yeah, the fake eighties beams that are put in in the eighties. Yeah, eighties house. Time. Very odd. Which the plasterer who took them out. Uh, Genuinely was upset about taking them out because of what a lovely job he's done. But yeah, but they look fucking shit, mate. <laughs> yes. So I'm glad about that. Oh, yeah. I, obviously, you people who follow me on Twitter will know that I was at a speed awareness course on Saturday afternoon. Oh, you did it the Saturday one as well. That's I did do the horrible. Saturday one. I felt very sorry for the two fellows running it who were both in the 70s. They'd had one in the morning and then we're doing one in the afternoon doing the same stuff. Oh, what a shit Saturday. That's not what, whatever they're getting paid, which I assume is a pretty penny. I was fascinated by one of them. They were called Barry and Tony, obviously. They always are. Always are. <laughs> it's either Barry and Tony or Tony and Barry. Um, and Barry um, was an old man, Yorkshireman. He had a suit and tie on and black trousers. But when I looked closely, the black trousers had side zip pockets in them. Oh, my God. No, so, I, like, co- like, like copper's trousers. Yeah, like that. But not. But they, were, they weren't outside the trousers of the pocket. They were like, not like combats. They were inside with a zip. Do you know what I mean? That is and weird. then he had like that seventies, your great uncle's seventies slip-on shoes on, and I was looking at him thinking, where do you even get where those you from? Buy those where days? do you buy those from? Yeah, people? yeah. You can still get them. Obviously, Barry knows the score. Pay less shoe sauce or whatever it is, what it's called. There were two uh, of them in there who were comedians, which was absolutely horrendous. Uh, he kept tracking jokes. Like, listen, mate, do you know what I mean? You shut up. They can get through yeah. the script quicker. We can all fuck off home. Why? I've done two of these speed awareness courses now, and 
honestly, why are there people there that don't just see the basic truism that if everybody shuts the fuck up, <laughs> yes. you'll get out of there quicker? Yeah. The worst one. The worst ones are the people who feel somehow wronged by having. I didn't have any of them, but I've heard about those ones. Yeah, we getting get caught doing thirty-four in a thirty or whatever, and they feel the need to to basically plead their case every time somebody says something. They're awful. They are just. And of course, stupid. there was the contractually required from the audience seven-minute rant about cyclists in the middle when nobody oh, even asked. Course. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that goes without saying, doesn't it, surely? But no points on my licence. I did learn a thing or two, I have to admit. It's been a while since I paid any attention. You, in, you inevitably do. Like, I, I mean, whether you... For example, into, houses it's... are nothing to do with whether or not something's built up. It's only street lights. Yeah. Things like that that I didn't know. What makes a dual carriageway? Didn't know that. I'm not telling you because we've no. given away all the secrets. Exactly, yeah. You'll have to get done doing slightly over 30 in the 30 and find out for you and pay £105 to find out yourself. Before we get on to Player Spotted, do you remember mm. the other week my chat about Vimto macarons? I do, yes. Do you yes. listeners remember that? I'm sorry to go back. Some of you are thinking, yes, I do. Why the fuck are you still talking about it? But I'm going back there oh, anyway. This is because No, it's because oh. um, a listener, Steve OP, DMs me, and he says, your stuff about Vimto reminded me of this. He lives in Dubai, does Steve? Right. I'm assuming you call Steve. Your name's Steve-O, but I'm assuming you call Steve. Well, yeah. And he said... Did you know what a big deal Vimto is in the Middle East, particularly in Ramadan? Seriously? I said, no. And moreover, I've had a mate who's lived there for 10 years and he's never told me this and he's fucking dead to me because how he hasn't told me this, I don't know. <laughs> Amazing trivia. So, yeah, apparently, big in Ramadan, they don't know why, poss possibly linked to about 100 years ago, Manchester's very big place in the temperance movement. And Vimto was a Manchester drink. You used to have a temperance bars. And they reckon that when we were still walking around the Middle East thinking we own the place, people took Vimto over there. So again, the British Empire is responsible for a number of things. The proliferation of rugby, cricket, and Vimto, it would seem. I mean, there's, it's this good and bad there, you know? But get me get this, though. I texted me, mate, and I says, hey, you, why didn't you tell me about this Vimto thing? And he said, oh, the fucking mad in Ramadan. He said, and even better than that, <laughs> he said, even better than that, he said. Is that how they describe it in Dubai as well, with fucking mad Probably in Arabic, yeah, but that's, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. however you write that in Arabic. And um, anyway, he says, but the real thing is, because he's all over it, because he's from Lancashire like me, is that they still serve it in glass bottles with a foil around the top. Oh, see. We're being fucking short-changed in this country. We I'm are. fucking sick of it. I know you've got no, like, sexual freedom over there, but at least you get Vimto in glass bottles. You've got to take the yin and the yang, haven't you? Yeah, I there was there was something, not so much with Vimto, but particularly with Ribena, that sort of, like, the breaking of the seal on the bottle, of, on the old glass bottle of Ribena, that was a, was a genuine delight. It was, yeah, and something that we've lost now. Yeah, and yet, you know, they, Johnny they, Foreigner they gets to do it. Yeah. Where's the, where's the fairness in that? I'm eh? voting Brexit party from now on. I'm sick of this. <laughs> right then. So, shall we start with shall we start with player spotted? And by start, I mean ten minutes into the podcast. Yeah. Joe Taring gets in touch on the DM. Long time listener. Hello, Joe. He says, "Player spotted for you recently in the Keenshin branch of Waitrose." Oh my my manner. I I, I go it's to Keenshin that. round that way. Sound southwesty. Yeah. You know this thing is technically Keynesham, but who knows? It's, it's English oh, like, and weird. Oh, like Milton Keynes and John Maynard Keynes. You don't know yeah. that he says that. 
yeah. and they don't say it in in dignity by Deacon Blue. Therefore, <laughs> it can't be Kane's, <laughs> well, can mean, it? Probably not. No. Yeah, I know that way as well. Anyway, so he was there, a, Joe. A you might, you, you might have bumped. I'm sure Joe might recognise you though. He's saying, I, had, I, saw you. "I had a genuinely bizarre experience in that waitress like two weeks ago." And it hold was... that thought. Let me get to the end of this, and yeah, we'll do your bizarre of, yeah, experience. So, anyway, he's in he's in Keynesham, Keynesham Waitrose, between back Bristol and Bath. Yes, yeah, so actually, if I got to that point, I'd have known that before you told me. He said, yeah. "I turned down an aisle and to be met with a flurry of activity from four children who couldn't have been happier to be in a loose in a supermarket." We've all seen that. They were followed by a resigned-looking figure sporting a pair of the baggiest tracksuit bottoms you could ever wish to see. Was it MC Hammer, Joe? This could be a big reveal if it is. I mean, if it is, then I'm going to start hanging around and I can that waitress <laughs> a lot more. The man was wearing a look of someone who, just as he was collecting his children, had received a classic message, on your way home, can you pick up a few things from the shop? Yeah. When going to a supermarket with four kids in tow, <laughs> I, I can only ask, from what I've seen as an external observer, seems like one of life's great, great hells. If he can, unsu- if he can, so Joe continues. If this gentleman can successfully navigate a busy supermarket with four hyperactive children and arrive home with everything on the list, Stuart Hooper should find the Bath DOR job an absolute doddle. So it was Stuart Hooper in massive MC Hammer pants. There's an image for you. Trying to chase after four kids while they don't have to pick up some avocado and milk was he, and was stuff. Was he trying to stop them by going back and forth in an MC Hammer style? That's what I want. <laughs> yes. Going, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Um, uh, I'll tell you what, though. Here's the thing. Here's a question for you listeners as well, even though you can't answer mm. me, but I'm interested to know. Yeah. How many things do you have to be asked for before you go, this is a list now? I have to write a list. <laughs> uh, How many is it for than, you? Anything more than three. And I just That's go, exactly just, my number. Right, they've gone beyond three te- now. Can you just text it to me? Because I will forget. Which is weird, know. because apparently, according to all the research, most people can remember seven plus or minus two. Oh, fuck that. That's generally how it works. But no, not a chance. Most what people can five? work with seven plus or minus two in their head. Oh, you're, you're absolutely fucking dreaming. Not when it nah. comes. Not when it comes to milk, toilet roll, cat food. I've already forgotten the fourth one. Yeah. No. So anyway, yeah. Be, yeah so yeah, what happened to you in Keynesham oh, Waitrose in the last two weeks? So, so I popped in there. It was we were on the way back from somewhere, and we popped in to get some stuff on the way home, and uh, it'd been quite a long journey, and I, I needed to to visit the uh, the conveniences for. Uh, to, to you know, drop the yeah. kids off. If I'm brutally honest, and it, it <laughs> was two uh, in public. I said, yes. how many people won't do that?" I have no problem with it whatsoever. But loads of people enjoy it. But I, I, you know, who does? But you know, needs, I'm not repelled by it. Needs needs must as the devil drives, you know. And it, this was about you know, the store closes at nine. This was probably about quarter past eight. The cafe had shut, which is where the toilets were. So it was all very quiet in there. And so, I, you know, I basically sort of was halfway through my business and somebody comes in and starts washing my hands and it's a tiny little toy it's literally probably the size of I think like... they watered the cubicle then but yeah go on yeah like he literally comes in and starts washing their hands in the basin and I'm just mm. like out of courtesy for not making somebody else you know hear me opening the Bombay doors I will you know restrain myself until this chap's finished walk, you know 30 seconds yeah. so you can't have somebody hearing you splash, can you? It's the most terrifying social So after, you know, I'm waiting about a minute and a half and this is still going on. And I'm just thinking, you know what? This He's is washing ridiculous. his hands for a minute and a half. 
So I'm just like, this is getting weird now. So I sort of just think, fuck it, I'm just going to do my business and finish myself. And then I sort of, I'm finished. And about, you know, two or three minutes later, he's still going. And I'm sort of sitting there thinking, he's still washing his hands. And so I just got a bit weirded out then. And I sat, so I'd sort of, I'd finished doing what I needed to do, but I didn't really want to go out because this guy had been sitting, like washing his hands for, at this point, about six minutes. And so I just... OCD, perhaps? Well, yeah. I was sort of waiting there for like about another two or three minutes. And I was like, okay, he's still going. I'm just going to have to... Whatever social... You know, nobody wants to come out of the fucking trap. Having just... Dirty hands, eh, mate? How you doing? Yeah. Nobody wants to come out of a trap having just taken a shit and sort of be like, all right, I've just taken a shit. (laughs) What do you think about that? Yeah. Well, yeah, but like, so I, I sort of was just like, fuck it, I'm going to have to do it. So I walked out there, and it's, as I said, a tiny toilet. There's two sinks there. They're right next to each other. And this guy's not, he's not even washing his hands. He's just standing, staring dead on straight into the mirror with his hands just under the water. Just so, and I sort of just awkwardly kind of was just like, all right. Meditating? I don't know. I sort of, I walked out, I sort of, I was like, all right. And he just said nothing. And then I just kind of washed my hands very quickly and left. That is very. And that's probably the weirdest it, thing I've ever heard of happening in a toilet. It weirded well, steady on. But uh, yeah, that weirded me the fuck out. And I actually, to the point where I went to the people who was clearing up the cafe and went, "There's a bloke in there. I, I'm not sure he's well." But he, yeah, literally for ten minutes, just staring into the mirror, looking at his own reflection with his hands under a tap. Maybe it was Stuart Hooper. <laughs> Maybe it was, yeah. <laughs> anyway, that Maybe was he was weird. like, just letting the water run over his hands to calm him down. I can't face those fuckers out there anymore. <laughs> the cool cool water over my hands, yeah. Even by the standards of our weird diversions, that is a weird diversion. I mean, to be fair, I'm usually responsible for the weird diversion. I think that's the weirdest one we've ever done, and it's your responsibility. I mean, it's, I mean, it's stuck with me. I mean, that was about a month ago. And it has absolutely stayed with me. That's right up so. there with my testicle operation. <laughs> Steady. <laughs> uh, so anyway, was... that was player spotted. Yeah. News, is it? Remember when we were talking about doing this episode and I was like, yeah. We've, this only two games. Episode. Yeah. Yeah, only two games. What are we now, like fucking 20 minutes in? I can't even see the clock. It's probably for the best. Um, anyway. Fiji. Yeah. I've won the World Sevens again. That's the first bit of news for this weekend. Does that even count as, as news? As much as that is news, is it? Is it? Have, yeah. Wales have stayed in it, though, haven't they? After Japan got Just thrashed by England, yes. did you a favour there? See, God for that. Yeah. Remember that though, will you? When you're fucking on your IOs next year, <laughs> and you're cheering then, yeah, anybody who plays us in the World Cup. Absolutely. Well, I mean, England doing well is actually to Wales's benefit in the Sevens because. England have fucked it, and now we're going to have to try and beat France to qualify for the Olympics. Yeah, you're at or to a level of detail I've not gone to now. Basically, England have fucked it qualification-wise because they're the team that's basically represents Team GB, and because they've been so shit, they aren't oh, going to qualify. Oh, I see. Right. So they have to go to play. Apparently, have to go to a, a tournament with France in it and win it in a couple of weeks' time. But if France win it, they'll go through. Or if not, it's the fucking repochage. And English sevens is basically a shambles. And you were supposed to be the good ones. You were supposed to make it easy for us. Here we go. Need Ben Gollings back. Uh, yeah. So, 
That's Fiji. Uh, speaking of Wales, there's still no news on Alan Wynne Jones's contract or otherwise at Ospreys or where he's going. It's all very quick. It's all very quiet, isn't it? Um... The longer it goes on, the more do you think that nothing's happening. It's hard to know, isn't it? Well, the longer it goes on, the more you think. Well, everybody's got their fucking budget sorted now. It's like all the Premiership clubs have basic, uh, you know, particularly the he if he wants to leave Wales. He's not just leaving for a massive payday. He's leaving because he wants to win a fucking European trophy. Because hmm. that's the one thing he hasn't got in his cabinet, really, as a player, other than the World Cup. And he's so... always said he doesn't want to go abroad, hasn't he? Abroad proper. Because uh, no. because he wants to be near his mum, doesn't he, ever since his dad passed and stuff. Well, that's the other thing, yeah. So it's like he, he they, they still have money in France, you would imagine. Hmm. But... Playing for a contender in France. Well, I mean, yeah, if he wants to win the European Cup, he's basically got a sign for Saracens. Yeah. <laughs> and Saracens are pretty well stocked with locks at the moment, unless... We're well stocked with we'll everything. Scare. Yeah. Um, although, you know, I'm sure Nigel Ray could sort of find him a nice business to invest in uh, and... Yeah, he probably it. just he, yeah. He just he's probably just identified that it does a really good business that Alan Wake mm. invested. That's the only reason he wants him. Yeah, yeah. Just because he thinks he's such a bloody good bloke, you know. Bloody good bloke, um, bloody good fella. Post career, bloody good businessman. So that's yeah, how, so we don't but, know. Is uh, there so no yeah, inside track from anywhere? What's going we on. don't know. Yeah, and as you say, the longer it goes on, the more likely I think it is that he's staying to, with the Ospreys because yeah, everybody's going to have their budget set. Everybody, you know, certainly. For the sort of money that he's talking, which is you know, five hundred, six hundred grand a year, there's not a lot of teams that are going to have that to play around with who are also a contender. And yeah, plus he'll get fucking flogged in England or France. And if he still wants to play for Wales and still be good for Wales, he wants another Lions tour, I think, doesn't he? That's one of the yes. things that's been said. One more fucking Lions tour. Mm. Thing is, if he goes to South Africa on that tour and wins. He can say that he's been to, he's done all three tours and not lost. What, which it's is twenty twenty one now, isn't it? So yeah, it's a bit. Well, of he'd, a only stretch. Be 30, he'd only be thirty five, thirty six then. Simon Shaw went when he was thirty eight. Simon Shaw had been deliberately excluded from international call ups for about five years <laughs> under under Woodward. Yeah, but therein lies the thing. It's like Alan Jones needs to not be fucking playing thirty games a season for Racing ninety two or fucking Toulouse or whoever. If he wants to make it, but just think for a minute, Alan Jones and Nakararo in the same <laughs> boiler house. <clears throat> just think for a minute, Alan Jones and Marutoji in the same boiler house. Oh well, we, we don't have to. We've seen that, haven't we? Oh, I've seen it. How fun would that be again? I mean, there'd be an awful lot of Nouse there, like an awful lot of Norse as well. <laughs> Nouse, Norse, yeah, and, yeah. Right, so there you go. Well, we wait and see. Yes, equally we wait and see. Uh, the Will Skelton, what is it? It's not really a saga yet, is it? No. He would like to play for Australia at the World Cup. Australia would like him to play for them at the World Cup. He doesn't really want to go home <laughs> because he's got a very good at Saracens who want him to stay. And he knows um, he'll just eat. You can't let me go back yes. there. I'll I'll yes. just eat all day. Puts, puts him in a bad, you know, it's... it's <laughs> him in a bad situation emotionally um yeah but the aiu have basically said there will be no bending of the rules even though let's be honest 
Australia are. I mean, I could, if I was him, I'm not sure I'd sacrifice everything he has going on at Saris for a chance to get knocked out in the quarterfinals of the World Cup and be branded a disgrace to the Wallaby name. Um, but, you know, playing for your country is a rare privilege. What can you say? No, it's true. And mm. he, yeah, we'll see. He's definitely worthy of it. Absolutely. I think he'd be one of their best he players. He could do a, 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 you know, a, a Houston and just retire and then be <laughs> signed by somebody else next year. He could he could sign a six month. He could do what people were suggesting Reese Webb was going to do, which is tear up his too long contract, go and sign for Bridgend, and then make himself <laughs> yeah. eligible. Make himself eligible for the World Cup. He'll sign a six month contract with Manly or something, just to yeah, yeah. Fuck it, why not? Uh, what else? The news. Well, speaking of second rows and France, as we were a little bit earlier about Racing ninety two, have mm. been knocked out of the top fourteen, beaten by La Rochelle. <laughs> Yes. Bit of, been a bit of a shitty season all in all for them, hasn't it? I, I think you could say, yeah, it's definitely been a bit of a... After last season in particular, it's been a bit of a, a meh one for them. And given the that the guy's put enough, money, put enough money in there to make them above the law, they don't expect yeah. to be not winning anything, do when they? You, when you look at that, well, certainly you don't expect to get knocked out of the playoffs like straight away. And to not make any kind of dent. Did they even make it to the Champions Cup quarterfinals this year? They didn't, did they? I don't remember. <clears throat> Maybe they did. I can't remember. But you look at that squad and you think they should be there or thereabouts in yes. in every competition. And yeah, and you know, they spent a lot of money. You look at the money that they spent on, on Finn Russell, on Simon Zebo. they were expecting results there. <laughs> yes, they were. Uh, and it's funny, yeah. you, you look at Saracen, people say, oh, go, you know, Saracen don't stick to the salary cap and they're a disgrace and stuff. But then you look at something like Racing who definitely have no salary cap, spend an absolute fucking fortune, and would probably dream of um, mm. having Saracens-like output, wouldn't they? Well, yeah, exactly. You know, you look at... That pack is fucking ridiculous. It's got, like... Money helps, but it's not everything, I think. is. A... No, it, I think it, and the, it's a good thing to remember this weekend, to be honest. Yes. When you uh, look at a lot, a lot of people said after the result of, uh, of the one big game this weekend. Um, speaking of Racing 92, actually, Dmitry Sarzeski uh, is giving the tired brains of journalists all over the world a break by retiring. I hated spelling his name when I used to do commentary and stuff. It was horrible. Yeah, there's, there's there's a few less S's than you think in the middle. Yes, and a lot more Z's. More Z's, yeah. You think yeah. it should be an S-Z um, in the middle and it's not. Yeah, fair play to him. He, he had lovely hair. One less player that looks like a BG. Yeah, 83 caps for France, even when it even when it was mental over the last decade and people being dropped and brought in and dropped out again. With He was always there and he was captain of France for a fair bit and he made it to 36. And as a, a yeah. player, so fair play to him. And a significant, consistent level of flowing goldenness about him. Honestly, I mean, there was a time where you had to just say, well, that is just a very handsome man. Yes. You know? Was he, one of, was he one, of the, one of the first cut hookers? He certainly was, he was one very of the cut, first... very cut, wasn't he? He was certainly one of the sort of more uh, a 21st century metrosexual hooker. Uh, you know? in that kind of regard, yeah. And he said he's retiring because rugby hurts, which, I mean, yeah, 36, <laughs> I bet it does. 
Well, it does generally. It's no secret. Yeah. That's why that's why we always say we admire anybody who plays at any level, I'm as much as we have a proper them on here. Yeah. You can, you know, I admire yeah. nothing but admiration because it really does smart quite a yeah. bit. Probably, and probably after 17, 18 years of professional rugby, including 80 odd international caps, I bet it hurts a fucking lot. Yeah, now. he's probably just but turning to powder now every time. Yeah. Uh, getting out of bed probably hurts. Every tackle's like Joe Theismann, basically, for him right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there you go. We'll talk, so let's talk. That's the news. So shall we talk yeah. about the weekend? Before I do talk about the weekend, just a reminder to everybody that this will be our last regular pod yes. of the season in terms of the weekend. That was kind of lost in our Russ Abbott chat. At the it start, was, wasn't it? It's the last day of term for regular pod fans. So I just remember that basically for the next at least a month, um, where which is effectively off season because there's no June internationals, we're going to be doing a weekly pod, but and a bit more than a weekly pod actually, but only for people who are patrons. So that's the summer yes. bonus that you get for being a patron. If you want to keep having us in your ears on a Monday and Tuesday morning or whatever, then you need to sign up at patreon.com slash blood and mud for the tiny, tiny cost of about $2 a month, which is about what, less like, than two quid. It's, yeah, it's less than the cost of anything, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably what a fucking stamp costs these days I don't know I've not bought one for ages but yeah so yeah please if you want that that's the bonus that you get for being a patron so please go and join us we'll be Indeed. back when the warm up starts I imagine I, which I think I is imagine, in July yeah. unless unless the absolute futility just makes me so angry that we can't even <laughs> but, but there'll no, be squads yeah, coming be. out won't there and all that stuff yeah so we'll, we'll talk about it stuck into that again We've also been having some conversation what we're going to do for the World Cup, haven't we? They're forming, but we haven't yeah. quite established it yet. We kind of feel like a weekly podcast is probably not going to be enough. No, there to will be more podcasts than a weekly one in a World Cup. A, it might well be more, but shorter, although that's fucking famous last hey. words for us, let's be honest. Um, because there'll be fucking games every day, and it'll be very stupid to try and round and that up. six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah. We'll do it before like we go how- to work. Yes, yeah, let's do that. Let's get up at 6am, record a podcast, bleary-eyed, and then... Do loads of shouting into microphones, and then my wife comes downstairs and goes, what the fucking hell are you doing (laughs) at 6 o'clock in the morning? Yeah. Yeah, I can't see that. And I go, I'm bloody working, working, aren't I? (laughs) I I say we absolutely do that. That's not going to be in any way detrimental to any of our relationships. (laughs) Right then, so sign up at patreon.com slash blood and mud. If you haven't yes. already, those of you that have, thank you so much. And your reward, if you can call it that, will be coming next week. Uh, right then, the weekend. What did we pick up from the weekend, Josh? Two games, really? Well, there was the women's yes. barbarians as well, so three games. Uh, I learned um, that momentum has finally, surely, been proven to be absolute bollocks. Like, I understand why sports commentators want to talk about momentum, because it gives matches a narrative. Yes, they like a story, don't they? They like yeah, a story. Thing, it makes what is not a story have some semblance of structure, but it's bollocks. We've talked about this time and again on the podcast, so it's bollocks. And yet, I don't see how anybody can still pretend that it's a thing after both Saracens and Exeter just basically took turns demonstrating that momentum is entirely in the eye of the beholder. Because if you choose to ignore it, you can just do what the fuck you want. It doesn't matter what the narrative says. You know, Exeter score from the kickoff, and it's like, oh, all the momentum's with with the Chiefs now, and then Saris get the ball Three minutes later, go yeah. straight up the other end. They score two tries, and momentum's always Saris now. Then Atodji gets himself binned for being a moron, and then Exeter score two more tries, and they take the lead back. Huge momentum swing after half-time, and then Saris go hard, and Exeter go up the other end, and they 
give themselves this fucking commanding lead and it's the final hammer blow and then apparently not. And it's just like, it was just like absolute proof that, and even up to Exeter just going, you know what, we're going to keep going to the end and we're going to fucking score just to prove a point. <laughs> Momentum's bollocks. They proved it on Saturday afternoon. If you win, it's because you just executed more often and better than your opponent or you had better players. If you lose, it's the opposite. There's no fucking grand narrative going on here. You're fucking fuming about that, aren't you? That was oh, wonderful. Oh, that was epic. Oh. Yeah. What a game it's, it's, it was, though. Fucking hell, what a brilliant I mean, there were two game. major finals on Saturday, weren't they? Let's, let's not forget, there were two major finals on Saturday. Mm. There was the rugby. Yeah. And there was the final group activity in my speed awareness course. No, there was there was a Champions League final, and the Champions League yes. final. I mean, they were, they had amazing. I'm not going to get into football too much, but it was shit, right? One of the worst games I've ever. Watched. It was a dreadful, dreadful game of, of of any any version of football. It was a terrible version. Whereas mm. the fact Inept this final was was ridiculously good. Yeah, it was probably the best final I've ever seen, <clears throat> with the exception of, in terms of but both teams just being fucking brilliant like because you can't look at Exeter on the weekend and say they messed it up in some way shape or form because they didn't they gave it no not really they gave it absolutely they had fucking Saracens on the canvas at 65 minutes they had battered them and even though Saracens hadn't played badly they just came off second best in the contact area and they were not executing to the high level that they usually do because until they were (laughs) until they were indeed (laughs) and like extra extra literally could not have done anything else they came with a monster pack who gave saris a going over up front for the best part of 60 minutes they had a back line that was dangerous and clinical they scored basically every time they got into the 22 yeah, even when they it took them a while at times, they still they did get there eventually. Loads of times I was watching it going, fucking hell, they're never going to score here, what a waste. And then, oh, no, they have. They it, was have like, it was on yeah. about the 18th phase, but yeah, they're just, in. Yeah, and they did. And they kept the ball, like they, they did everything that you needed to do to beat Saris. Like you kept the ball off them. You defended well. You won the contact area. And I, I just don't see how anybody plays any better than Exeter did against Saracens I think it was just indicative it's a good point because I think it's just indicative that Saracens when it comes down to this kind of game are about you know 5-10% better 5% better mm. well I think that, like Saracens let's get this out of the way they're probably the best team of the professional era like I don't think I've seen a better team than this season like I didn't think I'd see a better modern team than last season's Leinster, to be honest with you, in the terms of just being absolutely relentlessly efficient and have power and to execute everything well. But Saris of 2019 have just taken it up to another level again. And like, it honestly feels like the greatest threat to Saris' long-term dominance is probably themselves. Because mm. like, Exeter did a masterful job of doing everything, as I said, you know, they, they won, they kept the ball away from them. They won the physical battle. And I don't think I've ever, I don't think this season I've seen Saris be put under pressure, like Exeter put them under pressure. They were right up against it. And yet, 
you know, Leinster didn't do that. Nobody has this season. Not in a game that mattered against a proper full-strength Saris No, and they didn't anyway. fade, did they? No, and that's... The only team that can really th- threaten them coming back next year and winning everything again is probably their own complacency. Because, like, we stood here last season and we said, oh, Leinster, that's a dynasty, you know. How can, you know, they're going to just get better and better. Look how young they are. Look how deep they are. Uh, and yet this season they were a bit, eh. They're still the second best team in Europe. Yeah, it's but and I think I think 14. you can't legislate for your two halfbacks losing form, for example. No, and keep that's the thing. Keeping that level of excellence is so hard, even for the best teams. And Saris have set a new standard now, and you've got to think the next season there's going to be five or six teams in Europe, like Exeter, Leinster, Munster, maybe Toulouse, Racing '92, Glasgow, Gloucester, maybe, who'll be thinking that's the level now, and like. <laughs> I don't know if they can scale those heights because Saris are like a an unreplicatable cocktail of fucking fantastic coaching, excellent squad development, brilliant recruitment, bafflingly universal success- soldierism. Yeah, jargon-based team building that has a bafflingly successful humility. Effect. So much humility. So much humility. And let's I was be thinking honest, that when when Owen Farrell was stood over like having one of Rook screaming his fucking lungs out, I was thinking so humble, so much humility. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, it's like when Mario I'm having a pot. They're a fucking brilliant team. It's just it's well, the yeah. blatant nonsense. Of like the, at the, the end of the game thing. when Itoje said that Exeter were by far and away the second best team in this competition. <laughs> I, to be fair, I could see what he I was laughed, saying there. I laughed at it, but it was. I could see what he was like, saying. He was saying that basically they're terrible. miles ahead of the rest of them, aren't they? That's, yeah, that's what he was saying. But yes, <laughs> he said it in a way that, and you know, let's be honest, there's a quite a lot of top class financial shenanigans going on with Saris as well, but. If Saris don't keep that level up, like extra Leinster getting to 85 or 90% of this level might be enough next year. We've seen it before this year and we may see it again. So it's, it's a challenge for Saris themselves now to just go, we've actually got to stay being this good. They could forever. lose, well, could they lose Mark McCall to England? That would be interesting. Well, that's interesting. Apparently he's um, more disinclined than ever. Uh, Why would to- you? Anybody Anybody. with the minerals to do the job wouldn't want to do it, I don't think. Especially when you've got the setup McCall's got. And 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 when you're somebody like McCall, who obviously loves being amongst it every day, Mm. it must be difficult to go to that, oh, I'll see you every three months. Because he obviously loves building that culture, doesn't he? Whatever we think of it, that's what he loves. And how do you do that with an international team? He mega buys into that silliness. And (laughs) I do not know how... Yeah. I just don't know how somebody who lacks an emotion so much can drive so much passion. Does Alex Sanderson yeah. do it? Does he do the it passion must, bit? It must be. It's weird, isn't it? I wonder if they just... It's a culture thing based on the players themselves doing it. He sort of picks out the key players. You know, you're probably talking your Vunipola, your Farrell. How good your, is he, by the you, way? You're fucking nice. He's brilliant, yeah. Yeah. Um, you good. Like, to be honest with you, Vunipola didn't really do a lot until about 60 minutes, and then he well, started carrying. He was carrying. carrying pretty well in the first half as well. I watched it on delay, so I was I was pausing, rewinding a bit more. But yeah, he did. He did. He did front up when he it was getting, needed. But yeah, he was, was getting it. through a lot of work, but he wasn't getting a lot of change out of it. Which, to be fair to him, is is kind of what you need your eight to do when the backs are against it's when the he started wall. offloading, like you said, from about the 60th <laughs> yeah. minute onwards. That was yeah, like, was oh, like shit. yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, but. Yeah, I honestly, I look at Mark McCall and I just think, well, yeah, you can't do that with England because you don't have the time with them. The reason that Sarri's 
ridiculous fucking Team Spirit Wolfpack nonsense works is because they're fucking there from, you know, July to June every year. And they're Quite. drilling it into them left, right and centre. And I, I don't know if you can get that sort of fanatical buy-in from six to eight weeks and a year. And, and even if you could, I don't think McCall... I don't think he could deal with not being involved that much. Mm. Just just walking around attending games and stuff. Yeah, it's not for everyone, is it? I don't think so. International management, because there is a lot of sitting in the crowd watching players and not actually doing any coaching. And I think it it doesn't suit some people. I don't think it would suit Rob Baxter either, to be brutally honest. Like, Rob Baxter seems like somebody that wants to get hands-on coaching. Sounds like it's Steve Diamond, doesn't it? Well, it's Jim Mallander, mate. The heir apparent. Well, this is what I learned this weekend, right? Jim Mallander <laughs> is unequivocally, factually, results-based, a better international coach than Eddie Jones. Absolutely, Fact. Look if at sport's that. all about results, then Jim Mallander is a better, better international coach than Eddie Jones because <laughs> he can beat an half-pissed scratch team and Eddie Jones can't. I tell you what, though. that England played with, well, inverted commas, England. Um, England 15. Yeah. Played with genuinely more coherence and fluidity and confidence in one another than they had any right to after being together for a couple of weeks. I think Marcus really. Smith does that to teams, you know, in a game like that. Might be right, yeah. He he leads from the front in that regard, doesn't he? It's really interesting. But Despite yeah, looking I like did... a baby Ewok. Oh, that fucking... What was on with that head tape? It was like, <laughs> mate, it's not making you look hard. It's yeah. making you look making you look like a rub... A, Pencil with a rubber on the top of it. <laughs> oh dear! But him. he played very fucking well. Fair play to him. So yeah, I mean, Malin does at a loose end, isn't he? Harry's not returning his calls. What else is he going to no. do? You know. Well, I mean, this could maybe be Harry will ring him if he becomes. He's probably desperate to be England coach, so that Harry will actually return his calls for a call. Or... I think maybe if Harry hadn't been injured, maybe Jim could have picked him for the England fifteen. Yeah. I yeah. then They could have bonded again, but. Yeah. Harry, I'm, you know. I'm England coach now. Uh, if you return my call, you, I'll name you in the in, in the elite squad. <laughs> but he's still about folding back. No, he's still about folding back. Uh, so, yeah, so I had that the weekend. Mad game, by the way. Absolutely bonkers that game. That Barber game. What, what is, one thing, more thing about the Exeter um, team. Yes. Firstly, how do they come back from this? <laughs> Because, like... Well, they won it two years the... ago, don't forget. Again, in another brilliant game against Wasps. You know, so they have... Just they, think... do, they do have a... They have a, a repository of victory to I... go and dip the bucket in, you know. Absolutely. I do... I just... I think that well is dry now. Because I think you look <laughs> at... You look at them and the way that the players were at the end of that game, knowing that they had that 11-point lead, knowing that they were... You know, everyone was saying they were one hand in the. You know, that was the when Slade's got like Slade said that he was practically in tears at the end of the game. He's never felt that bad after a game before. Blah blah blah. blah. They they did not take this well because <laughs> no. I go. I feel like they feel they they kind of they they threw everything they had at them and it wasn't good enough. They actually they did actually. To be fair, they threw Which wave kind of... after wave at the line, didn't yeah. they? Wasn't there? The, what and I, you wonder how they get over that. What I do think, and I think this has been discussed before, but I think it's something that should be you know, talked about again, is 
this notion, the idea that there should be, you know, like a pennant winner, like in baseball. Well, at the end of the, at the end of the season, when you fucking won a league by eleven points, it shouldn't count for fuck all. Well, it's almost like the uh, the minor premiership in the NRL, isn't it? Mm. Like, and I, I don't know. Everyone got... wants to win the big one. I know that, but yeah. there should be something to to. That's a, a testament of... to that to yeah. the season. I had a couple of salty Exeter fans in my timeline who were complaining and said, "Well, we, you know, we we should, it shouldn't count for nothing." And it's like, well, it does count for nothing at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I don't agree with that because there's no pen. Like Saracens, like they're saying, oh, well, you know, they won more games than Saracens of the season. That should count for nothing. It's like, well, to be honest with you, if there was any actual material gain to be had from finishing second or first, I'm pretty sure Saris would have put more effort in and played more of their first team players and won the games enough to finish first. I don't think they Well, I think by the time they got. I think the thing is. I think having something riding on the kind of pennant race, if you like, would mean that there'd mm, be less of that going on, actually, because you players... Remember Wasps used to be, Wasps used to be geniuses at this? Under yeah, finishing time in their run losing, perfectly yeah. into form, because they knew. Yeah. Don't even matter if you lose four games at the beginning of the season. No. You've just got to time your way in, just time your run in. Exeter were always... Uh, no, because Leicester were always very good at that as mm, well. You true. Know, until about two or three years ago, I've just always ended up in the fourth or third playoff place even when they well, had at a least having team. a bit of a team photo behind a placard with a you know with a with something to raise above your head well, I because it does it was... matter i'm not trying to this isn't kind of oh let's pat them on the head and everyone gets a prize they've fucking won a league yeah they finished top after 20 games they'd be they'd accrued more points than anybody else hmm. that shouldn't count for nothing and that used to be the way things were done you know and i understand yeah. why it's done this way now and i think it's a yeah, brilliant I, show I enjoy piece, a, I enjoy and it was a, a wonderful Wonderful grand final and all that. But, yeah, I think it's a bit of a shame. Whoever wins it doesn't get, you know, at least think, a picture yeah. on, the, you know, on the back of the paper. There's definitely a, you know, because they, they do have it in, it's just some sort of thing that American sports do a bit better than ours. Like, you know, they the have... Pennant wins a fucking big deal. Yeah, if you win... In, if in, America, you have a, in baseball. Yeah, or yeah. If, if you win a fucking division or if you win your, you know, sure as shit, if you win your conference, you know... If you're an American League champion or a National League champion, even if you don't win the World Series, that's still a fucking great season and a season to celebrate, unless it's like the Yankees or the Red Sox or whatever. <laughs> and equally, you know, division, t- you know, teams will rate in the NFL will, you know, raise banners at the end, you know, at the start of a new season if they won a division title last season, if they won a, or you know, if they won a conference title and like conference is four teams, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And and that's still regarded as something to worth celebrating, and it is. And you know, I don't, I don't know why, given that it's it's you know prevalent in the NRL, why more hmm. rugby union leagues don't do it, especially when you've got things like Super Rugby and the Pro 14, where it's like split up into conferences anyway. Like, why don't didn't Glasgow get a fucking tiny trophy for winning the yeah. Conference A? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you can still have the grand final. That will still be the big deal. It's just you know, let's yeah. uh, let, let's give credit like where it's due. In the, in the NFL, you know, if you win the NFC or the AFC, and you get you know get to the Super Bowl, you get a proper fucking trophy. Hmm. And that's, you're not world yeah. champion though, are you? No, you're world not world champion. champion. No, I mean to be fair, nobody else is good at American football, so cracks me up there. World it champion. is silly, isn't it? In the sport that only we play. Yeah, I'm not being sniffy. I love America. I like NFL, but uh, it's uh, yeah. yeah. It is anyway, very... so going back to that game, 
I don't know if it's just me and I've missed something, right? Did you see the forgotten penalty advantage? Yes. On 51 minutes. Fifty one reminding people if you didn't notice this, fifty one just decided afterwards yeah. he said Barnes like you ran thirty odd meters. That was the end of the advantage, I heard him say. Yeah, so goes that it's a breakdown. Nick hmm. White picks the ball up, the um extra scrum half, goes to pass the ball, it bounces off a Saracens player who's basically sort of knelt up in the wrong position. Mega offside, yeah. Mega offside. Out goes Barnes's arm. Like within I think ten well. Ten seconds later, if not less than that, the ball's mm. being touched down by Lazovsky for a 22 dropout. Because, At no point yeah. then did he go, oh, hang on, no, we'll come back then. Yeah, I was baffled by that. And that was I, absolutely kickable or absolutely field-positionable. I heard, field I heard him say to to Nick White, you ran 30 metres with the ball. That's, that's Yeah, but it kind of ricocheted and went all over the place. Yeah, it, it wasn't, wasn't, like it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't a clean of... It wasn't a clean advantage at all. Um yeah, and I, and I think when you've got a very kickable position, I don't see how running thirty meters with the ball when it isn't even under control. By the way, well, given how stupid the advantages are these days, yeah, it was an odd one. To be honest, there was a little bit with Barnes this weekend of the kind of creeping Nigels. Did, did you did you get that impression that he he, um, he let he, he let more go than I would normally expect him to? I think he realised that both teams had absolutely no interest in having breakdown contest that was in any way legal and rather than I mean, it was both... it was hilarious wasn't it i mean it was an absolute it was i mean it made for a great game so i suppose did, don't but... argue with it but it was hilarious yeah i think he realized from about a minute well probably even before kickoff he was like both of these teams are absolutely brilliant at sun's out shit great players they're all shit out yeah, shit out at the breakdown yeah. And so he just decided, you know what, I'm going to take a fairly lax approach to breakdown discipline and we're going to let things go. But yeah, it was a mess. It made me sort of think, fucking hell, does world rugby desperately need to fucking have a look at the breakdown or what? Because just every ruck well, the answer is, was a do penalty. They, do they? Well, it did, yeah. Because actually, you know, look at the game it produced and there was it, there was nothing obviously dangerous about it. They were just falling there was over. A lot of the players fly, there was a lot of players flying in off their feet and flying in at the side. And I was just like, come on, really? <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, which is again say, brilliant game. What, what are you supposed to do? Yeah, yeah. Did it really seal the ball off either? Not so sure. You end up impeding mm. kind of behind the ball, don't you? You're not on the ball. Mm. It's going to be hard for you to drive over when there's a lot of bodies collapse on the floor beyond the ball, sort of thing. But I think that's it's just a mess. What, what it was would, a mess I that would didn't help either side. What would you rather? Was it was a penalty every time that happened. I know I wouldn't. Yeah, no. So you've got to. And the reality is, they cancelled each other out hmm. because. There were so many bodies in the way, it didn't like it didn't really seal off for either side because it meant it took an age for the ball to come out for Sarah, for the team with the ball, but the defending team didn't have a shot at there it either. There was one particular Saracens one of the posts where somebody heinously tackled, I think it was Will Skelton, tackled somebody and just lay there, didn't even let go of the yeah. legs or anything. Just, just lay there. There was so much not releasing. It was just like, seriously, what is going on here? And it wasn't just them. That's just the one that I'm not picking on them. That's just the one I remember no, that sticks in my head. There were both, lots of them, yeah. Both as bad as each other. I've got to say, though. So they had a phantom advantage. Bizarre. Yeah, it was weird. Also, speaking of mystical phenomena that don't make any sense, what has Eddie Jones got against Dexter people, really? Because, like, if you took 
all of the non-English qualified players out of the 46 that were on the pitch on Saturday afternoon and said, this is four-fifths of your England World Cup squad. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you couldn't okay. complain, could you? Who would yeah. complain about that? But instead, like, anybody who's England qualified on the Saracens side gets an England call. And, like, with the exception of, like, Henry Slade and maybe Jack Noel, every Exeter player that's... Even the ones that are in the England frame seem to be very much kind of looked down the nose at. And it's so weird because, like... Don, Don Armand's the weirdest one. I know it's a core celebra, but it, it remains a total mystery. Well, he was Armand and Cavetti. Well, I said he should start for England, but the fact that he's not even locked up in a squad and, yeah. and he's been given work on, what's he supposed to work on? He's probably the hair, isn't it? We discussed this before. <laughs> but he was Armand and Kvesic, like, absolutely mashed Harry's for 60 minutes. Like, Hill and Dave Dennis were excellent. Oli Devoto was very good. Sam Simmons is a six-foot-tall, 22-year-old fly-off who can run a bat line and kick his goals. Joe Simmons, in, but I'm with you. Joe Simmons, sorry, yeah. Um, <laughs> in the most demanding environment outside of and the what test. what are fucking Yendall's hands like? A hooker, by the way. Yes, fucking oh, outrageous. Ridiculous. Be good. This year, Leaving Certificate students have new choices via the CAO. Whether you're going straight into the world of work or exploring routes to third level, further education and training and apprenticeships offer you flexible, hands-on learning opportunities. The future is full of possibilities. Whatever your ambition, further education and training and apprenticeships can help take you there. Your future is what you make it. Learn more at cao.ie forward slash options. This is an initiative of the Government of Ireland. Bank of Ireland is looking out for your financial well-being. They want to help protect you from fraud. So whether it's Black Friday, Cyber Monday, or even just plain old Tuesday, be careful online. Don't assume that every text message or email you get claiming to be from a bank, a delivery service, or any company is legit. And remember, Bank of Ireland will never send you a text message or an email with a link asking for your full 365 PIN number or one-time passcodes, so don't give them out. Search Bank of Ireland Security. And together, this Christmas, we won't let the fraudsters win. Begin. Bank of Ireland is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Like, I get it. All coaches, like, end up having their favourite teams that they know produce good quality They're players. They're not humble enough. No. How many times did England rely exclusively on, like, Leicester, Bath and Wasps in the 90s and 2000s, you know? Mm. And it's the same with, basically, Saracens now but only saracens <laughs> and a bit of wasps but soon to be saracens as well actually because fucking elliot daly's going <laughs> yeah, to saracens. yeah yeah fuck i forgot elliot daly's going to saracens where are they going to put him by the way think about that one sean maitland's out isn't he fuck off it's got well it's got to be, be isn't it? sean maitland's he's not gone, replacing, replacing alex he's, he's not no. replacing Liam williams i mean maybe play him at 13 yeah but <laughs> shift lazowski to 12 yeah, but I mean they've got Nick Tompkins coming through there. Who's oh, he looks? Yeah. I mean Brad Barrett surely must collapse into a pool of his own bones <laughs> at some point, must not he? He's just going to basically just fall in on himself yeah. like a dying star and <laughs> yes. just become a sort of super. <laughs> it'll, it'll be like it'll be like Jenga when it finally happens. It'll yeah, just be a diamond. Yeah, and just become a diamond with a South African accent. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> uh, anyway, where was I? Oh yeah, last thing from the weekend. I don't know much, right? Yes. I don't know yes. much. But I know that I love but you. I know. <laughs> um yeah, so um 
I don't know much, right? But I know this. Every mm-hmm. single midfield pop is forward now. Oh, Every goodness. single yeah, one yeah. of them. <laughs> Every single one. I must have shouted from my couch at least forward. six times. Yeah. Forward! <laughs> yeah, massively so. It's it's a timing thing, isn't it? Of course it is. But, People keep overrunning it, and that yeah. happens. It's about the refs yeah. go, oh, he's, he's, he's overrun that. It's fine, yeah. though. It doesn't matter. Yeah. God bless him. He came from a long way out. It's only about six inches on. Oh, they're so forward. Every single midfield pass and pop is so forward now. It's weird that, isn't it? It's weird that they've just. It's one of those things that refs have where they all just collectively go, we're not going to bother looking at that. It's joined putting the ball in. It's joined the way lineouts are going a bit as well now. Yeah. Oh, every lineout is no longer straight. It's ridiculous. Anything else on the weekend? Um, on a slightly less jolly note, I am a little bit worried about the Barbarians. I fucking love the Barbarians, right? Who doesn't, like, yeah. Who, who doesn't, exactly. Every, you know, players love it because it's a chance to go on a two-week fucking bender for work. Um, yes. Fans love it because it's silly and everybody remembers the 70s. But I just, I honestly don't think they can carry on like this. Why, like, why makes you say that? Well, like... There were 40,000 people at Twickenham on Sunday, but that includes, they count every hospitality seat and every pre, you know season mm. ticket, all that sort of stuff. They looked like that Twickenham Stadium was a hell of a lot less than half full. But why play it there? This is what annoys me now. Well, is it, and why play this fixture? Like, the home nations have basically, with the exception of England, the home nations have given up on the Barbarians. Ireland have played them once in the last 10 years. Wales oh, yeah, that's true, actually, two... isn't it? Yeah. Wales haven't played since 2011. Scotland haven't played them at all. England play them every year, but they play it the day after the Premiership final using a team that quite often isn't even a real England team and usually features a bunch of players who will never get near a white jersey again. Case mm. in point. Back in 2015, for a, a sort of parallel fixture to this, so before the World Cup, England played the Barbarians at Twickenham, uh, and they won 73-12 that day, um, which, fucking hell, how was that allowed to happen? In the England lineup that day were Matt Mullen, Kieran Brooks, Ed Slater, Jack Clifford, Lee Dixon, Matthew Tate, Gareth Denman, Will Chudley, Shane Geraghty, Danny Cipriani, just some of the names what that year was this? 2015, mate. Shane Geraghty was an England team in 2015? I mean... Um, England team. That is remarkable, though, isn't it? Isn't it though? Wow. Yeah, so like uh, that was when that. Do you remember how many how high hopes were for Kieran Brooks then in 2015? I know. Like that. Know that, just... that um prop who he was in the team this weekend. He's never quite. There's uh, Paul Hill. Yeah, massively. So it's like those guys are Kieran Brooks. I mean, Kieran Brooks is basically there. I think because I think he could evolve into die young. <laughs> like not 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 in terms of ability, but just in terms of his face looks like it could be Dai Young's face if you added about ten stone onto it. Yes, yeah, but, but anyway, I see. Like, I suppose I think what they've got to do is re. I suppose that you, I think you're right. So I've never thought about this, but I think, well, I think I people think are probably... getting smart to it. People are not paying thirty, forty quid to go and watch a bunch of men who've been on the piss for a fortnight, who are very good, play against a bunch of kids with 
sometimes they win, sometimes they lose, but it's an absolutely pointless game. I think like, they're better they off touring it round. I if they played agree. games like this, uh, I don't know, Ellen Road or something, you know, do a bit of that. Or take it round to Leicester. Or... Well, I just think playing against a Northern Hemisphere team in June is a ridiculous time for a game to take place. Like, why don't they just play them in November? And like include the home, like play instead of playing one game in November, play two games in November and include the home nations. Like, how much more fun would it be if like the fourth international every November was, you know, a n you know? It's where they Wales fill it. The barbarians play Wales in Cardiff. They'll fill it with like a Southern Hemisphere All Stars type team. When did Wales? I've got a vi- I've got a memory of the Barbarians playing against Wales and Darren Morris playing for the Barbarians. That's going back about fifteen That's years. Going now. a long way. The last time they played them was in, uh, before the two thousand and eleven Rugby World Cup, right? Which was Falato, which is an uncapped game, and Falato. That was Falato's first unofficial start for Wales. Or was it a capped game? Either way, it was it was Falato's first cap. I remember that. Speaking of Falato. Hmm. I don't know who's in charge of these things, right? Yeah. But but can nobody ask him about what he thinks about the gays? For the love because, of God. Because I don't think I could I could handle the answer. Uh, yeah, well, I have I think, no idea what the answer would be, but I don't want to run that risk. I don't... I, I, I'm, for the sake of us all somehow attempting to move on from this, <laughs> yes. I don't want anybody to ask any, like... And just don't ask anybody about anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way to keep us all safe. Yes, yeah, the only way for us. We all have to be protected on. from ourselves. Yeah, but particularly Toby, because I feel like yeah, I wouldn't like that answer. Did you watch, have you start, have you watched Chernobyl yet? Yeah. Have you seen that brilliant bit in the first? Sorry, spoilers, everyone, but I won't tell you why. But there's a there's a brilliant Soviet bit in the first episode where an old Soviet kind of. Apparatchik stands oh, that, up and goes, no, we don't tell anybody about this because the people <laughs> no. must be protected from jeopardising <laughs> the fruits of their own labour. <laughs> I feel like this about I mean, the, this that thing. That is incredibly, that is bang on, yeah. Yeah. We don't need these We don't people. need to know. <laughs> the viewing we public don't. needs to be protected from jeopardising <laughs> the fruits of our own sporting love. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or like, it's not just Talupe. That's the thing. It's it could be anyone. And that's the, particularly like with Talupe, I don't I don't want to do it. I don't want to go yeah. from the man who does that who does that wink and thumbs up a couple of seasons yeah. ago to to the un, to the unthinkable. Sorry. Well, let's look, let's look what's happened with Billy. You know, we both dearly loved him and enjoyed his company and found him to be a very funny. I probably still would, but there's still this still little would. voice at the back of head, isn't there? Himself now, isn't he? Yeah. I don't enjoy watching him play anymore. Yeah, because it's tainted it anyway. Yeah. It's finding out. It's like when your favourite cousin shares an EDL post on Facebook or something. You go, "Oh no, oh, mate!" Not you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, is that it from the weekend? Because it is from me. Yeah, I think it better be. Shit, good, shit, good, shit, good. The final shit good of the season. In mm. terms of our Patreon weekly pod from next week, the first one will be a shit good rep- retrospective of the entire season. Which is going to be a hard one to do because I don't remember anything about from about. That's why we have notes, Josh, and that's why we keep yeah. notes in an online archive because we can uh, we can that's remind right. ourselves of things. Exhaustive notes. Uh, right then, 
Shit or good, Josh? Uh, I would like to say shit, please. Okay. I'll take a shit, That's please, Bob. That's the end of the season. I'll on take a heart. shit in Waitrose, please, Bob. So, <laughs> go on, Josh. What have you got? Uh, my first shit is uh, shit will be if Eddie Jones doesn't now pick Danny Cipriani in his World Cup squad. Um, because, yeah, playing for the Barbars is special. Danny Cipriani wanted to play for the Barbars last weekend. So did James because, Haskell. Yeah. But because he was on the RFU's restricted list, he wasn't allowed to be picked. Now, if Eddie picks him for the World Cup, then fair play. But if he doesn't... It's just spiteful. Well, if, he picks him for the, if he picks him for the training squad and then barely plays him in the warm-up before discarding him in favour of Marcus Smith, well, that's just a cunt's trick, isn't it? Yes. Like, I hope that he hasn't spuriously blocked him from playing for England against the Barbarians after Chris Ashton made him look like such a silly twat last year. <laughs> but, well, we all know about Eddie James, don't we? Ian Ferrugia agrees you on that one. He said that shit was Cipriani not being allowed to play for the Barbars despite him definitely not going to the World Cup. Yeah, we all know he's not going. This is basically yeah. just a cunt's trick on Eddie's part. Basically, yeah. Do you remember when Eddie was like a total... It seems Eddie was a total twat to Haskell, and it worked. It doesn't seem yeah. to be working with Cipriani, does it? Or if it does, no, he's it still not paying any attention anyway. Eddie isn't. It doesn't, no, it really doesn't seem to be... It, whatever's happening is it's not going in. Cy Clark says shit was Marrow saying they're by far the second best team in the competition. I mean, that was... Yeah. I, I, I agree with you. In that, I don't think he meant it to come out quite. He's as quite bad a bright lad out. with his words, isn't he? He's quite considerate yeah. at times, so it's a bit odd. <laughs> I mean, it's almost like he wanted some deniability there, but he plausible wanted... deniability. Yes, yeah. it's not what I meant. No, oh no, no, no. Of course, of course not. I didn't mean that. Why? Of course, that was just a slip of the tongue. I definitely know. Yeah. Um, to be honest with you, Mar- Marrow getting man of the match as well was. I mean, fair play. Mm. He was incandescently brilliant in the last 10 or 15 minutes. It was everything that I'd makes him... I'd have given it to Jamie George myself, but there you go. Me too. Like, the preceding 70... How is Jamie George fucking... still that shape? It's weird, How isn't is it? How is Jamie George still an overweight man? Like, a little bit of a chubby man. <laughs> now, it's ridiculous. now honestly, he's a fucking brilliant player. He's obviously incredibly yeah. fit, and his engine is amazing. I do not understand how you can do his job as a professional athlete and still look like that. I mean... I, I'm sure he's not worried. I just don't understand. I just no. don't get it. I mean, I think for one, he's he's got that. He's got the unfortunate curse of fat face. Yes. No matter how he could be built like fucking, you know, even Etzebeth below the neck, <laughs> yes. and it's it's exactly the same problem that Ludiaga's got. With yes. Ludiaga looks like a baby. Michael Johnson, the sprinter, has a double chin. <clears throat> When he was the fastest yes. man on earth, he still had a double chin. <laughs> yeah, Jamie George has just got a very fat face. And of course, and, by the look of him, he could be heavyweight thing. champion of the world, according to this weekend. So, Well, yeah. But also, I think you look at Jamie George and you just think, I mean, the timber on there, particularly around the waist. like That's what I, fat face I can understand, but he's properly a bit mooby and yeah. saddlebags and everything. Despite obviously being incredibly fit. Yeah, it does make... It sort of basically shits all over any of those sort of... BMI, like, fucks all BMI over that. Forget BMI. Body, body fat percentage and all that sort he'd be of like stuff. A, according to his BMI, he'd be a magnificently giant diabetes risk and everything. 
<laughs> and instead, he's one of the fittest. Like instead, from... that's me and you. Yeah, yeah. And instead, Jamie George is walking around there with, you know, I'm looking at photos of him now, and there's a genuine what he looks a little bit like what happens if I try to wear a Test rugby shirt. <laughs> In that, there's a. Do you get off of those? Look... Off of those your rugby shirt? Watch. I no, have, no, I have no you're all right. Thanks. I've occasionally. I took I took a Wales one once, and I put it on, and my wife laughed at me, and I know. <laughs> How could she? And rightly so. And rightly so. Yeah. I look fucking ridiculous. I like her even uh, more now. I'm not. I'm. I'm not Sam Warburton. I don't have that physique. Before but neither I... does he. Neither does Jamie George. And so he's got that sort of telltale line just above the shorts, where it's kind of hanging over. Well, the... the muffin top is coming in. Yeah. There's no. There's no way you can hide that. You can't. Like when you're running around, you can't pull your. Especially shorts in a off. white England shirt. How can you be an international no, forward and still it's have a muffin swimming. top? I don't understand. Again, not, not that he'll a... give a shit because he seems to be okay. Yeah. No. You were talking about Itoji yeah. then before I yeah. went off down that yeah. road. Sorry. He was a fucking liability for 70 minutes. Again. <laughs> like, he gave away, my, I counted, he gave away, I think, six penalties, not least three in quick succession to get him binned. And got binned, yeah. And cost his team 14 points. Like, he wouldn't have needed to be a fucking Superman in the last 10 minutes if he hadn't been a fucking dickhead for the first 70. And I get it. Like, and yet, Sar- he still did what and he did. He did the same do. in the Champions yeah. Cup final, and Sarri's weathered that. But the longer he, like like Mark McCall, just goes, yeah, you just play over the edge, mate, and we'll deal with it. The longer it's just eventually going to go badly. And it'll go bad. It won't go bad for Saracens. It'll go badly for England. I was about to say that. Wait until we're, on, we're playing a deciding game to get out of the group again. England absolutely do not have <laughs> quality to absorb him getting fucking binned and giving away six penalties like Saracens do. So, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a fascinating journey for it because, as we said, obviously, about two years ago, he decided, you know what? I think I need to be a cunt. <laughs> you know, I've got all the talent in the world, but I just think I need to be. You I'm know. nearly cunty enough. No, and I feel so like I, Eddie Jones had that word with him. Yeah, exactly. So it'll be interesting to see what happens because he's still, you know, what, is he 23 still, 24? Yeah, he's ridiculously young. He could get ridiculously much better than he is now even, and it's scary. And he could get ridiculously but... more of a cunt. Think about that. <laughs> You could be an Olympic class cunt by the end of it. You need one, one of rugby's all time great cunts. <laughs> yes, so uh, we're on shit, aren't we? Steph Franklin gets in touch. She says, shit, was the Gallagher ads running on the big screens before the Prem final? I've still not a clue what Gallagher actually do. But for the amount <laughs> they kept banging on about protection, I can only assume that they make condoms or something for the city. <laughs> do you know what? I genuinely, I, I was, what, at the end of the game, I was like, I still don't know what Gallagher is. I told you when I went to um, when I went to Wrigley Field, they've got a Gallagher Way entrance, like one half of their entrances are called mm. Gallagher Way, which is sponsored by them as well. And I think I saw it's it's consultancy and stuff. I think basically we're talking about it now, though. It's obviously done the job, hasn't it? Well, I think we're we're talking about it, but we're talking about it in the sense that they have advertised the brand names out there. That's all they care about. Gallagher Insurance, Risk Management, and Consulting. Oof. £75 Jay, an hour, min, minimum. Arthur J. Gallagher and Co. Uh, ah, uh, it was headquartered, it's headquartered in Rolling Mellows, Illinois, a suburb of Chicago. Uh, that explains why they're all over the Cubs then. It's the third largest insurance broker in the world. And now we know. And now we know. There you go, Steph. It's not condoms. I mean, we could. you could argue that we have done more to promote awareness of... I don't what think Gallagher really, actually do. I don't think they're than, interested in us 
knowing what they do. I don't. I really don't think that we're the. Well, I just think that we, we've we've helped we've helped spread the word of what they actually do. It was like when AIG sponsored Man United for a while, and everyone was like, "Yeah, but what the fuck are they?" Yeah, and equally, that's what I miss about sport in the old days: sponsors that you could actually go out and buy. Yeah, rain and steel. <laughs> yes, Dag- exactly. Dagon and Motors. That's how you know that you're still watching football at an old northern ground is if they st- you still see the odd Rainham Steel billboard. Anyway, uh, yeah, moving yeah, on. Anyway. Sean Troy says shit was an Irish international pissing in the middle of a crowded pub on someone's leg and an academy player getting glassed during Leinster's cup celebrations <coughs> last week. Yeah, apparently the IRFU are investigating. Yeah, all but it's an open secret they're... who it is, but we're not going to say who it is. But um, Oh, I don't, don't know who it I is. I mean, the weird thing yeah. is, though, is that basically getting drunk and pissing yourself went out on rugby tour is kind of I'm not saying it's okay but it's not that unusual no it's not unheard of is it no just getting I mean, your old glass... fella out and wazzing in the middle of the pub is not that unusual no it's 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 one of those things where it just you know but it just I mean, it's disgusting that... and unacceptable it's not but it's yeah, not unusual it, I think that's it's interesting because it shows that Irish uh, not uh, that rugby people are basically oh, that old rugby notion of lads on tour is being quite quickly eroded. Yes. By. And is it careful what you wish for? I suppose. It is a little bit of that. Like, I wouldn't I think... want rugby to be the way. And this is not to say negative about football; just the fact that it's quite sanitised and managed. Yeah, and stuff. I wouldn't want I think, that. I I would like to think, and I would hope that rugby can still retain some of its personality and some of its humanity without getting totally fucking everyone being without a cunt, pissing on people in you know, pubs. Without, piss, much to ask, without pissing there? on people in glass. You know, there's something in between. It's a spectrum in it, and at one end is completely sanitised, the other end is pissing on people in pubs. Let's just try and get some in the middle of the spectrum, shall we? Yeah. <laughs> Any more shit from you? Um, shit. People who didn't bother to turn up for the Women's Barbarians match before the men's game on Sunday is fucking Twickenham. The nearest pub is 40 minutes walk away. The only place to eat <laughs> is a barbecue. How many shit? Yeah, the only place to eat is a barbecue under a gazebo on a posh person's front garden. <laughs> And the only local landmarks are a fucking big yellow self-storage and the Lexus dealership. What the fuck else were you doing with your day? Just go to the fucking game. Watch it. Support it. It was a great game. Mm. Arseholes. Oh. <laughs> uh, I'm angry today, aren't I? Yeah, Linda Mason gets in touch. Friend of the pot. Hello, Linda. She says, shit, is two German blokes sat next to us at the Paris Sevens dropouts from a Megadeth concert up and down individually <laughs> every other minute for over eight hours for a pint or a piss. And Sunday, they turned up and discovered they'd been sat in the wrong bloody seats. <laughs> you could have spared yourself that, Linda. You could have. Brad well. Taylor says shit is the complete and utter predictability of all the season's domestic rugby. Yeah, but it's been a good season, though. Yeah, it's been a good season. We all season, kind of knew like, what was going to happen. You can't everybody... say you've not enjoyed it. Well, I yeah, can't everybody, say that. We th- everybody we thought was going to win everything has won everything. But it's been quite enjoyable, I think. It's been they, a good they've season. They've not done it at a canter, though, have they? It's not like they've gone no. out every week and battered everybody by 50 points. No, if anything, that's been Exeter's thing, is going out <laughs> yes. and fucking making it look incredibly easy. And then they come to the end and they finally get a test and 
Yeah, no, it was good. I, I've, I've enjoyed this season a lot. Any more shit from you? Uh, no, I'm done with shit. Should Last finish one. On the Last goods? one. Oh. Will Matthewman. Oh. Will Matthewman, long-time mm. listener and friend, says, shit, the absolute bellends sat behind me at Twickenham on Sunday who spent the game getting battered and swearing and discussing Chelsea and Arsenal season tickets and shouting at handball every time a pass was made. Oh, oh. literally, hanging's too good for them. Oh. Hanging is too good for them. He said, but good was my, but also slightly shit, was my eight-year-old son witnessing aforementioned throbbers and <clears> being <throat> so shocked he said he'd never behave like that, which he suppose was good. He said, no, and also, good. he said, but also good was my levels of patience because the windpiping was almost nearly unleashed. <laughs> I'd have been 100% behind you, Will. There's nothing oh, 100%. Remember how angry I got with uh, that bloke who was sat down from us at Judgment Day? <laughs> yes. It was incredibly tedious. I mean, that guy pales in comparison to people who shout handball at the rugby. Can you imagine? I mean, they literally want pushing down the stairs, and there's a lot of stairs. I mean, ju- I mean just, just for the absolute sheer fucking awful dreck of your comedy patter. I know. It's like it's the, if you yeah, understand that take the piss out of rugby, fine. Yeah. But you yeah, know, it's is that level of such bad comedy. I Awful. cannot handle that. I be genuinely ashamed. cannot. Like, if your inverted commas banter is that bad that you use the word banter, um, <laughs> just don't fucking bother. Just be quiet, pricks. Let's move on to good. Yes, good for me, Santiago yeah. Carreras. Oh, yes. Who's in the Argentinian training squad for the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the Jaguares. Uh, Jaguares. Jaguares made 121 metres and scored two tries when the Jaguares beat um, El Rojos, Los Rojos, the Reds. Do you like that? Yeah. 42-23 in Brisbane. I, um, I love how angry El Jaguares are making people. Apart season. from Brad Thorne, who's like fucking brilliant, bring him on. Yeah, because yeah. he's a fu- yet more examples of what a top fella Brad Thorne is. Yeah, yeah, and also Brad Thorne just enjoys being a right arsehole sometimes. <laughs> so he sees he sees everyone else in Australia going, "This is a disgrace." They're effectively playing a test team, blah 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 blah, and he just goes, "Yeah, it's all right, isn't it?" <laughs> yeah, well, get better then. What's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, which is completely true it's like yeah they are playing their test team but it's only Argentina's test team guys they're not supposed to be that good and Santiago Carreras is not exactly you know well he's not Santiago Jodero no he's not is he, is he? no yeah I missed him on Saturday I knew yeah, he was I slightly knew. injured wasn't he not quite ready yeah, to yeah. go as much as O'Flaherty he had a good one didn't he he had a good one yeah he had a nice little break at the end but like well, I just speaking of I good, just yeah. want to I just want to watch Santiago Cordero at all times no one was good on Saturday wasn't he he was, fuck me, he was good. And isn't that just the kind of performance you want to watch? Yeah, just the kind the of blood and guts of it, he just, you know? He just kept making people miss. Which <laughs> or I if they did hit, great. he just kept like, he just through sheer yeah. will and leg drive, he just went, fuck off, and got out of there. Is, yeah. there a, is there a player who has improved more than him in the last three or four years? I don't... I, <laughs> it's, he's right up there, because I remember saying in the last three or four years that I'm just not sure he's got it at... The no, top level. he still genuinely did not look thing, like he could. But... He's, yeah, he still doesn't score enough tries for a winger, but he does everything else now, and he's a good fullback now. And that's why I think it's him, not Ashton, who's probably going to be in squads now. Oh, completely agree. It should, and it should be because like he is he's much better. more versatile, yes. and he's a big lad. He's you know, and he... defense is yeah. better. Yeah, 
he just does he does everything well now. He's he's sort of done a Marnonu thing of just going, well, Very true, yeah. what are all the things that I need to improve at and made them... His kicking game's still a bit shit, but he doesn't kick it very so often. the next stage in the Marnonu thing is about eyeliner on. Yeah. I mean, we live in hope. Is this not out of the question? No, and I, for one, support it. Absolutely. Crack on, mate. I support this invented thing I've just created in my own head. <laughs> What's good for you? Uh, you won't hear me say this very often, but Richard Wigglesworth, like he might be ancient, but when he came on, <laughs> yes. he did a really good job of writing. The Sari ship was sort he of. He always does do a really good job. Just, this is the thing. Yeah, he just the thing. He come on and he just starts making good decisions and kicking into space and generally just being spectacularly good at doing the boring stuff that he's made a career out of. Despite like, looking just... like James Mason in Salem's Lot. <laughs> He even had a nice break as well that he did that they nearly scored off. You know, yeah. he just came on and was fucking really good. And he's thirty seven years old or something now. Yes. And of course he's responsible for Ashton, no, Ashton, no, Ashton, no, Ashton, no. Ashton, stay <laughs> on your wing. When he came to talk into the when if you remember that one. I do remember that when one. Ashton came in to talk <laughs> to a ref was like, No, no, stay on your wing, <laughs> you fucking knob. <laughs> I've already mentioned good for me was Nick Tompkins looks a very handy up and coming looks, new 12 yeah, for when Barrett like turns to powder as we've already mentioned any more goods from you? Uh, on the other side Henry Slade I thought was very good even uh, in being binned even in being binned like you know he was quite unlucky with that one to be yeah, honest it was like it was he couldn't do much about it but yeah it, you just look at him and you just think he gets, he's getting better all the time and you just think with his size, his pace, his passing ability, his vision, he could be really fucking special. And yet I sort of have this nagging feeling that he's not going to be. He looked like he was going to get he's... that way in the first couple of games of the Six Nations, didn't he? And the way actually yeah. had been playing. He was finally playing at 13 regular. Yeah. You know. But I just, there's something about, I'm, I'm almost convinced it's going to be something to do with an England coaching setup. But I just, <laughs> I've got this feeling he's never going to fulfil his potential. But I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Uh, what else have we got? Jamie Phillips, not so long suffering Dragons fan now, because obviously yeah. he was there to see them win at Judgment Day. Hello, Jamie. Yeah. He gets and they've, got, they've got Sam Davis now, so, you know. I loved, I loved uh, Sam Davis's tweet and I cannot wait to start playing for the Dragons. This is a great new chapter in my career. It's like, I don't believe a fucking word of what you're saying here, mate. But I also, all the I best. also enjoyed him tagging the wrong Ospreys on in his sort of thanks for How having me. How did he do me. the luggage? Uh, it wasn't even that. It was just some random woman <laughs> who's at Ospreys on Instagram. Brilliant. Anyway, so yeah, so Jamie says that good is Chiefs versus Crusaders match out in Fiji. The best game of Super Rugby all season so far. Chiefs were 20-0 down after 20 minutes and came back to beat the Crusaders 40-21. An absolute belter. See, the Crusaders of a couple of years ago wouldn't have fucking allowed that to happen. I know, they would would not have allowed that to happen. Somebody would have have died before they allowed that to happen. (laughs) Uh, See, that's the thing though, isn't it? Uh, Good for me, actually. And I said bad, like... I said in this game last week, and somebody pointed out to me, Joe Marchant is unlikely to get an England, a proper England cap anytime yes. soon. To be honest with you, I stand by it because he's a 13 stone outside. Elliot F, that was, who said after yeah. you specifically mentioning Joe Marchant, unlikely to get a yeah. cap, he has a blinder. He did, but he did have a fucking blinder. He didn't do his long-term prospects any harm. 
but I just think there's far too many centres in England that are going to get a game before him because as, as nippy, as quick as he is, exciting as he is, and he was brilliant for England against the Barbarians, A, it was against the Barbarians, and B, he's just not big enough, is he? Elliot also meant said that shit was anyone who had to be in a, in a uni rugby team last year and had to play against Alec, Alex Dombrandt and obviously yeah. got completely <laughs> speed bumped by him. <laughs> yeah. Patricia was... gets in touch. She says good was Charles Piatow, who spent his Sunday making a mockery of England generally. He just took the piss. He was just had one of those where it was just like, did you forget in my slightly injury interrupted season for Bristol that I am absolutely ridiculous sometimes? <laughs> Watch as I step through the entire England team and then do an offload and make it look incredibly easy. Uh, good for me. Alex Goode again. Yeah. Well, I noticed more than anything with him, you know, and it seems like a really obvious thing because everyone should do it. It's quite how obviously the ball is always, always in two hands. Two hands. Always. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's junior rugby stuff, but you watch how many people don't do it and see how obviously he does it and see maybe yeah. why that's why he's, he is what he is. Yeah, why he's such a good footballer. Yeah. Uh, John Hughes gets in touch. He says, good is getting to watch an entertaining and competitive final for once. Yeah. I mean, as I said earlier, probably one of the best finals I've ever seen uh, in any competition. And Matt Merritt says, good is the Red Roses taking on the Barbarians women at Twickenham, despite people not turning up. However, it was an incredibly entertaining game. It was, yeah. Any more good from you? Uh, my final good, and I feel like this is an appropriate way to wind this up. Uh, my final good is uh, Reese Webb's youngest son doing what any self-respecting Welshman should do when somebody allows you to walk across the Twickenham pitch, and that is to pull your kecks down and take a piss on the halfway line. <laughs> did you, did mad respect that? to him That's for that. amazing. Absolutely mad respect to him. Are you, are you know what's probably the funniest thing about after, that was, was Reese Webb game. in it's... shot laughing his head off because I hope he was no he's, this is the best thing about it the photo I think it was his sister uh, Webb's sister put the photo on uh, on Twitter and he looked like the stadium's basically empty and he's just standing in the middle wearing like a lion's kit with his dad's name on the back of it and he's sort of standing doing a proper primary school piss trousers around, <laughs> trousers the, around the ankles brilliant in the middle of the fucking Twickenham piss just pissing on Twickenham <laughs> And just mad respect for that so much and on that bombshell we come to the end of our regular season thank you to everyone who's given us some of their time on your commutes every week or wherever it is Indeed. you choose in the gym and all that stuff doing the ironing whatever it is you do when you listen to this um, thank you to everyone especially who's, who's helped support us on Patreon it's made a hell of Absolutely. a difference it's yeah. made us feel it genuinely has I feel yeah. more humble than Saracens <laughs> The idea on, of it. Uh, you can't. I know that's not possible. Saracens. No, Maybe it's I'm not. as half as humble as Saracens. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. But thank you to everybody. Thank you to you, Josh. And thank you to you, Lee. For, for thank you for putting up with me. Yeah, thank, thank, you thank you to Matt Bubbins. Thank you seasons. to Paul Williams. Thank you to everybody who's contributed. Thank you to everyone who sends in shit good. Thank you to everybody who emails. You know, I try my best to get back to everybody and use everything as much as I can, but thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. See you in World Cup season. Through regular listeners. Exciting. Speak to you Patreon people next week when we'll be doing a shit yeah. good review of the season. Yeah. After that, we're doing a retrospective 10-year anniversary Lions Tour of South Africa episode. I fucking, I mean, Can't wait. I mean, the, the best With Paul thing Williams. About that, the best thing about that is that I'm going to be have to watch the Lions 2009 DVD again. Amazing. 
which I mean, yeah. Paul Williams is helping us out with that one. Then we've got a history podcast the same week with Tony about Scotland. We are definitely doing Long Scotland. Lost. Yeah. A uh, week after that, we're doing a retrospective of Gavin Henson's career. With unless he unretires, unless he unretires, <laughs> with Luke Upton, famous Henson, the the definitive Hensonologist of our time. Yeah. And then I think we're doing lastly what we're doing a 1990 Grand Slam. Oh, yeah, yeah. The uh, Scotland Slam. Yeah, yeah. So that's our plan. So if you fancy doing that and you fancy those in your inbox, in your podcast inbox every week, then go and sign up for patreon.com slash puddle mud. Thank you very much, everybody. A goodbye. Au revoir. Don't know why I said that. Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.